Welcome to Confessions from a Dental Lab. This show is all about bringing you into the lab, beneath the surface, so you can see things, hear things, and understand things right from the source. Learn from longtime ceramists, dentists, and lab techs, both young and old. Without further ado, let's begin. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions from a Dental Lab. My name is KJ Eichstead, the brand manager at New Art Dental Lab, and we're really thankful you're joining us again. This show takes you beneath the surface so you can learn things and just become a little bit better, apply to your practice, help out your patients, all that great stuff. I'm joined today by two very special guests. We have Dr. Don Stoiver, a longtime prosthodontist. Dr. Stoiver, how you doing? I'm doing good, KJ. Thanks for having me on. Yep, really glad to have you back. We've had you on before. And I'm also joined by the legendary Dan Balmer. Dan, welcome back. Legendary. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, it's going great, man. It's, we're, we're happy to have you guys on. And uh, usually we, we just have one guest on at a time, or it might even be a solo episode, but today's episode is as practical as it gets. We've been hosting more and more dentists on the show to talk about tips for dentists and, and maybe from the practice side of things, but we also want to make sure to provide uh, helpful info from a lab perspective as well and, and technician perspective. And one thing we see a lot uh, just has to do with you know, creating a retrofit crown to an existing uh, partial denture and just kind of like the best way to go about that. So uh, there are proven techniques that improve the accuracy of retrofits and help ensure that the existing partial seats to place after a new crown is cemented. And we're going to talk about four different techniques. Two of them are going to be analog traditional techniques. And then two of them are going to be digital because obviously there's a lot of traditional and also digital, uh, you know, use cases these days. And, and in, t- in doing this, it's our hopes that um, this will ease the stress of these restorations for the doctors and the dental lab, making everyone's job easier, resulting in higher accuracy and positive results for all parties. So Dr. Stoiber, I think you're going to probably uh, cover the, you know, traditional analog methods. And do, would you mind t- walking us through those real quick? Just the, uh, as much as you want to, you know, talk about, uh, just the traditional techniques for this. Sure, KJ. Um, as a practicing prosthodontist, um, there's nothing more frustrating than when you're doing a retrofit and you get the crown back from the lab and you seat it in the mouth and the partial doesn't seat. So it's critically important to make sure that the technique that you use to uh, create the retrofit is an accurate one and make it as easy as possible on the lab techs. So I'm gonna go over two possible ways that this can be done using conventional impression material. The first one is a situation where the patient is willing to give their partial up for a few days. In that case, you can do a pickup impression and send the entire partial to the lab. There's two reasons why this can be rather tricky, though. The first one is that in order for this to work, number one, you need to be able to take an accurate impression not only of the partial, but also of the tooth and the sulcus around it, which can be a bit challenging, but it can be done. One thing that I would say is absolutely important is that the partial cannot move in the mouth when the impression is being taken. 
So if you have a partial that's a bit loose, and bounces around a little bit or lifts up pretty easily, this is not the technique to use because if that partial moves even less than a, even a half a millimeter, that partial is not gonna seat over that new crown. So let in the situation where the partial is very, very solid and you feel comfortable being able to take an impression of the prep, what you can do is you prep the tooth, you retract the tissue, then you seat the partial, you inject the VPS material around the sulcus within the clasp itself, completely filling and um, surrounding the clasp. Then you seat the tray over the top of the partial, picking the partial up in the impression, which will give you not only an impression of the partial, but also of the tooth and the sulcus at the same time. And then you send that entire thing to the lab and from there we can make the crown literally inside the actual partial. In a scenario where the partial doesn't fit all that perfect, which is probably 80% of the time, hmm. this technique does not work well at all. In which case we have to switch to making a jig, which when I was in practice, I always made those myself in the office, but um, you can also easily have them made by the lab as well. So what you do in that situation is you prep the tooth conventionally, you retract the tissue, you take an impression of the prep, just like you always would. Then after that's done, you seat the partial in and you hold it to place so that you know it's fully seated. And while an assistant or somebody is holding it in place, you inject VPS material within the clasp, over the prep, making sure that you capture the intaglio side of the clasp, the underside of the rests, the guide planes, the uh, retentive arms, the reciprocal arms. What I always did was just filled the entire uh, clasp space up with material and even then some, you know, more around the outside of it. Then you remove the partial out of the mouth and then you use a barred parker or some other sharp blade to trim just enough of the outside of the material away so that you can pop that little impression out of the partial. And then you send that along with the uh, impression of the, of the prep to the lab. And what we do with that is we seat that little impression back on the prep after it's poured up into a model. And then from that, we make a jig to simulate the partial clasp. And then we make the crown within that. The way I would always do it is I would make this jig myself and any injectable uh, dual curing resin will work fine, but I always use this stuff called Absolute Dentin that's made by Parkell. Okay. Worked really, really well for this. It came in, you know, a regular impression gun uh, cartridge system. So what I would do with that is I would, after I trimmed the, that small little impression, I would seat it back over the die, and then I would uh, use that resin to create the jig. And it worked out really, really well. Wow. So those are the two techniques that I always thought worked most predictably. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, Dr. Stoiber. I know that is some high-level stuff. I was just pictured <laughs> in my head. That is some high-level stuff. I'm sure a lot, a lot of dentists listening will appreciate that. I'm sure a lot of people in our lab will appreciate that as well. Uh, Dan, you know, we're we're going more and more digital every year. And... We do a lot of traditional analog methods, but 
there's also digital transformation going on. So we have a few tips for that. Uh, would you want to take it away and explain those two techniques for the digital side of things? Absolutely. Um, uh, the first technique would involve a tooth uh, that needs to be retrofitted. Um, and uh, this technique, if the tooth is totally intact, say it has caries under the margin and a new crown needs to be fabricated, but the structure of the crown is still there supporting the uh, partial, basically what you do is a preoperative scan of the tooth and then you come through and go ahead that you wanna make sure you come through and do your prep and make sure you got enough clearance for the clasp, the rest, uh, the reciprocating arms, things like that. And then you come through and do a really detailed scan with the partial in place and uh, basically send those scans to the lab and you should be good to go. And Don, feel free to jump in if I'm missing anything. Um, Technique number two, if the tooth to be crowned is either fractured off at the gum line or it's just, you know, missing part of it, um, basically what needs to be done is the tooth needs to be prepped, making sure of the clearances for clasps and rests and guide planes, then scan the prep tooth and the surrounding structures. Step three, scan the opposing arch. Step four, scan the bite registration. Step five, reseat the partial in place, carefully holding it in place, scan the clasp areas and the prep trying to capture as much of the area as you can. Then, Scan number five would be on the bench top, scan the intaglio side of the partial, trying to capture any tooth contacting surface, um, clasp arms, rests, and guide planes, so forth. And then all of these scans, it might be two emails, yeah. uh, send them off to the lab. File size, you might have to send them separately. Just to... Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what these different scans do is they allow the technician to align everything in the computer and give you a very accurate fitting uh, crown and partial. And uh, that's basically the two techniques for doing things digitally. Yeah. And, and uh, do you want to read that on the bottom there, Don, what you wrote? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was just going to say the success or failure of all these techniques depends entirely on the accuracy of the impressions or the scans. If precise care is not taken with these steps, the crown will be fabricated that fits the model beautifully, but not the mouth or the existing partial. Um, one thing I wanted to add, too, yeah. about the the situation where you have a crown that's intact okay. is you can actually scan the crown that's in the mouth or tooth that's in the mouth completely along with the surrounding structures. Then you can cut that crown off or you can prep the tooth and then scan the tooth and the surrounding structures and the lab can actually fuse those two scans together, yeah. basically making a new crown that's an exact duplicate of the old crown, which theoretically 
should fit the partial. And it does. Unreal. Unreal stuff. I mean, that is that is some high-level intel. Uh, really, really thankful you guys are taking some time to explain all this. So, you know, if you if you are on our email list, we did send an email putting all this in writing. We know that that was a lot to take in. Um, but we sent this as an email, uh, you know, two or three weeks ago. And if anyone is listening right now and they, they want me to resend them the email, I'm happy to. But yeah, we just really want to kind of just emphasize this and hammer it home because it's one of the most common phone calls we get, one of the most common questions we, we get, and uh, there are solutions to it, and they're coming right from just some very experienced individuals. So I would say, uh, Dan, any final thoughts, and we'll go to Dr. Stoiber. And... Um, you know, on, on the removable side of things, I, I see things that come in on the Crown and Bridge side where the tooth will be prepped and a second impression will be taken um, of that prep or digitally, and then they just send the partial and the partial's not taken in the impression. And it's very, very difficult to fit that partial to an existing cast and get it done accurately. And we're asked to do that virtually on a daily basis. Yeah. And uh, it... It adds a lot of air to this process. I agree, Dan. And I think, honestly, I think after having done probably thousands of pickup impressions over my career, I think that's one of the most technique-sensitive and difficult operations to perform because invariably that partial shifts a little bit. And so if, like I said before, if it's not solidly in place and, you know, unable to bounce around or lift up, um, you should go with a jig technique um, or a scan if you have a scanner. I would also like to reiterate what Dan said before. I think that's really important. Make sure when you're doing your preps that you leave enough clearance so that we have the room to put rests and guide planes and and undercuts and clasps arms where they need to go. Um, an underprep tooth makes it extremely difficult to do that. Yeah, I think that's also very valuable to add to just these techniques. It, you know, you send send us uh, all those scans like Dan mentioned, and if you you get a really good accurate impression, and you you leave that extra, um, what was that? That extra. What you were just referring to? Oh, the space? The space, yeah. Clearance. Clearance, Clearance. that's right. My bad. Um, But yeah, I mean, all this is just used to maximize success and maximize the accuracy and and get some high-quality restorations that you'll love and your patients will love as well. So uh, I really want to thank Dr. Stoiber for joining us again. I really want to thank Dan Balmer for joining us again. You know, I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. Our goal with this show is just to help you get a little bit better with each episode expand your knowledge and yeah have some fun as well because if you have a successful practice patients are happy you're happy lab is happy everybody wins so until next time we'll catch you next week thanks everybody bye guys thank you thank you for listening to this episode of confessions from a dental lab if you'd like to contact the show simply send us an email at dentallabpodcast at gmail.com You can also get in touch with us at Life at Newart Dental on Instagram. 
Thank you for listening once again. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe and tell a friend. And until next time, we're out.